The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. As always, you can send in your questions for next week's episode and future episodes by sending us a text message or voicemail at 716-508-0405. You can send us Twitter messages at rumblings q and a that's with the word and spelled out in the middle email is buffalo rumblings at sbnation.com direct messages at our official facebook and instagram accounts will also make their way to me eventually so there's lots of ways to get in touch with the show this week we've got questions about the upcoming nfl draft uh, a big contract extension uh, potentially coming for Stefan Diggs and a whole lot of, of other stuff. So keep it locked to buffalorumblings.com for all of your information on the 2022 NFL Draft. I thought before we get into this week's questions, it was a good time to reset what I think the Buffalo Bills needs are now that we're through the first you know, wave of free agency. Even though there are still significant players available on the free agent market, Buffalo is right up against the cap right now. Um, they would have to significantly sacrifice future cap space in order to sign you know, any player of significance, I think. Um, that doesn't mean they won't do it. It just means I think it's less likely. But let's take a look at what I think the Buffalo Bills' biggest needs are. And let's actually go through all of the needs heading into the offseason. So heading into the offseason and after all their cuts, they didn't have starting guards and so I put starting guard right at the top of the list their first signing of the free agent period was Roger Saffold which addressed what I thought was their biggest need so I thought they took care of that I thought that their second biggest need was bringing in competition at the cornerback two spot mainly because of Dane Jackson's inexperience and Tredavious White's injury timeline Um, I, I thought that they needed another starting caliber cornerback And they haven't really addressed that so far. The next thing on my list was a starting offensive guard. Again, they didn't have any. So now they added uh, Ryan Bates on a four-year deal. They matched the offer that he signed with the Chicago Bears. So they have two starting guards where they had none. Way to go. Starting one tech defensive tackle. 
after letting Harrison Phillips leave and um, Star Latulale being released, the Bills have uh, Daquan Jones and Tim Settle. Um, both of those guys are, are capable of playing significant one tech defensive tech or one tech defensive tackle snaps. I thought that they needed a rotational defensive end, and they certainly got that when they signed Shaq Lawson, but they swung for the fences. They didn't just get a rotational defensive end. No, they went for a a top-tier defensive end, adding Von Miller. I thought it's a move to put them over the top. It wasn't like a hole on their roster that they needed to fill. They could have gotten by with Greg Rousseau starting on one side and then uh, Boogie Basham, A.J. Epinesa, and some rotational defensive end on the other side, like Shaq Lawson, they could have got by, but instead of getting by, they wanted to significantly improve. So they signed Von Miller. They needed a backup three-tech defensive tackle, and they added a starting caliber one with Jordan Phillips. So he'll um, have a nice little rotation with Ed Oliver, and they'll be able to get after the passer on um, pass rushdowns together, potentially. Backup quarterback was on my list, and they traded for Case Keenum. Swing tackle was next. They haven't really addressed that yet. Backup wide receiver and a slot receiver. Both Jamison Crowder can play both of those positions. So I've knocked both of those off of my needs list, at least for right now. Punter and holder, they have a guy that's capable of doing that. I think that they still need to improve upon that. Uh, A backup tight end or a tight end two, they did that with O.J. Howard. Um, a little bit of an under-the-radar signing because it happened on the same day as Von Miller. Outside wide receiver depth, they still need another outside wide receiver, I think. Uh, a backup center, they did that with Greg Mance. And then, of course, re-signing uh, Ryan Bates, who has also snapped in the past. A backup running back with Duke Johnson. Depth linebacker, which they've addressed with multiple signings. Offensive line depth, they addressed that with Ike Butker. And then defensive line depth with... Um, all four of the, the players I already mentioned, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips, they have plenty of depth right now that can play NFL snaps. Then safety depth, I thought, was way down the list. Uh, they probably could use another safety. And then, of course, best player available. Um, so what haven't they addressed so far this offseason? At the top of my list is that CB2 spot. I don't trust Tredavious White coming off his injury to be 100% in week one, and I don't want him to come back if he's not 100%. So adding a cornerback that can play significant starting caliber snaps for the Bills is good for Tredavious White. It pushes Dane Jackson, and the new guy can come in if one of those other two guys get hurt. They just don't have another player that can come in and play significant snaps. Next on my list is swing tackle. I think they're going to add a a veteran swing tackle. Um, they have a really young right tackle in um, in Spencer Brown. They have a really young backup tackle, his draft classmate um, in Tommy Doyle as the top backup tackle right now. Deion Dawkins is a leader on the team and a, and a veteran for sure at left tackle, but they just don't have experience to come in and shuffle around if they need to shuffle around. They had experience last year um, with Daryl Williams being able to kick out, but I just don't, I, I think they would be more comfortable with experience. So I'm still expecting a swing tackle at some point to be signed. Now, maybe that's after the draft when somebody gets cut, um, but I would also assume that the Bills are going to draft another tackle if they don't have one on their roster before the NFL draft. 
I think they still need to add a punter. Um, and there's a spot on their roster for a competition for that because um, Matt Hawk is making the veteran minimum. He could be cut with no further cap charges. Um, yeah, They just have it set up for a competition. And maybe we'll see one in the 2022 NFL draft. Outside wide receiver depth, they have so many players that have played significant snaps at that outside wide receiver position. If the Bills are going to go to a two tight end heavy offensive set, then they need to add a tight end instead of that outside wide receiver depth. If they're not going to roll with three outside wide receivers and instead go with two outside wide receivers and two tight ends, then they need another tight end. Um, I don't think Tommy Sweeney is going to be in their long-term plans. So having Dawson Knox and OJ Howard is great, but you, if you're going to rely on the two tight ends, you need another tight end that can rotate in or play when you know Dawson Knox or OJ Howard gets hurt or injured. So they need to add another pass catcher in that way. And then finally, best player available. If that means they take a dynamic running back to take this offense to the next level or a dynamic wide receiver to the next level, like that's what I'm looking at when I'm looking at the 2022 NFL draft. Those are the holes that they need to plug right now. Um, a dynamic offensive threat, either the third wide receiver or the third, the third outside wide receiver or the third tight end, a punter, a swing tackle, and that CB2. Um, that CB2 just keeps coming back. The Bills were apparently interested in Patrick Peterson before he re-signed with the Minnesota Vikings. So at least the Bills are talking to players about coming in and playing that cornerback position. So we'll see how that goes uh, between now and the NFL draft or if that's what they address um, early in the 2022 NFL draft. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to answer your questions. Our next question comes from the text line. Joe from Queens texted us at 716-508-0405. How would you draft the first three rounds of the draft, and how do you think Brandon Bean will draft the first three rounds of the NFL draft? So let's talk about how I would approach the NFL draft. First, I'm not a big fan of a running back in the first round. I'm not a big fan of, you know, that offensive weapon catch-all phrase either. If I'm drafting for the Buffalo Bills, I'm looking at the cornerback position in the first round. The reason for that is you have a cost-controlled player for four and a f for four years on a low salary plus a fifth-year option at team control before you have to pay him any sort of big market contract. That lines up with the end of Tredavious White's current contract, so you would always have one really expensive cornerback and one cost-controlled cornerback playing opposite of each other. And then you do the same thing when Tredavious White retires or leaves. You draft, or you draft another player after you re-sign the 2022 high cornerback. So I think it sets up with that long-term planning of being able to have four or five years of a cost-controlled um, cornerback playing alongside a top-paid cornerback. Um, so that roster-building concept of you know how you allocate your cap dollars. I also think it would be really important to add a top-talented 
cornerback because Tredavious White's coming off of his injury. We don't know what he's going to be like early in the season. We don't frankly know what he's going to be like at all after this injury. So bringing in another talented cornerback to play right away makes a lot of sense. And I think, especially the way that the Bills have their safeties in this defense, that putting a rookie cornerback in there, um, that guy can still be successful. They've used inexperienced cornerbacks. They've used less talented cornerbacks. So putting you know a high draft pick in there uh, could still be successful. And frankly, you know if you look at Levi Wallace, you look at Dane Jackson. There's a reason that those guys fell too late in the draft or undrafted. And being able to put like a super athlete in there across from Tre'Davious White, especially as eventually we'll have to transition out of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer as they reach the end of their careers. Um, I just think it's a good idea to start reloading that secondary right now to keep it a strength. You know, we talk about not losing a fastball on offense, but are they talking about not losing a fastball on defense and keeping that secondary great? That would be a way to do that and start to transition um, away from like a Hyden Jordan Poyer by adding another top flight cornerback. So that's where I would go in the first round. Um, after that, I'm looking at wide receiver. Um, and honestly, if it's a wide receiver or cornerback in round one versus round two, I'm fine as long as they address both of those positions in the first couple days of the draft. Um, I'm looking at wide receiver because over the last few years, the Bills have used three outside wide receivers plus Cole Beasley in the slot plus Dawson Knox on a heck of a lot of plays. Um, more than 50% of the snaps or more than 40% of the snaps, they've used five different receivers if you include Dawson Knox as a receiver. So they use a ton of multi-wide receiver personnel and between injuries and personnel decisions, they have a lot of guys taking snaps. So if they're going to run that same kind of three-wide offense with two outside wide receivers and a slot receiver plus Dawson Knox, I'd love to see them add another outside wide receiver. That's not a dig against Stephon Diggs. Sorry for that. Um, that's not a dig against Gabriel Davis. I think both of those guys are very talented, and you're going to see them as the number one and number two receivers. But adding another guy to share snaps or play when one of those guys gets injured. Like, Stephon Diggs goes down, you're replacing him with Jake Kumaro right now. Or you're having Jamison Crowder move to the outside, and then Isaiah McKenzie gets a much bigger role. And I'm not really ready for Isaiah McKenzie to have an every-down role in this offense. Um, or Jake Kumaro to have an every-down role in this offense. So they need to add another outside wide receiver so that they can balance against injuries and just sharing snaps. I mean, that's what they've done over the last several years. If they're going to go towards a really too tight end heavy set, they need to add another tight end for that in case Dawson Knox or OJ Howard gets injured or needs, you know, a, a rest at the end of a game or something like that. So if they're going to go two tight ends and two wide receivers on the outside, I think they can get away with not drafting a wide receiver high. So it's going to depend on what Ken Dorsey wants to do. I've been you know, kind of pounding the table for another outside wide receiver, um, especially because in a couple of years, you're probably going to have to replace Gabe Davis if you give Stefan Diggs, you know, a, that super big deal that folks have been talking about. I don't think you'll be able to give Gabe Davis a huge deal and Stefan Diggs have his huge deal continue. So 
bringing in a player now means he can take over in two years when Gabriel Davis leaves. So there's a lot of reasons, again, long-term and short-term, where I think wide receiver makes a ton of sense. In the third round, I would, would not be surprised to see them draft an offensive lineman, whether that's an offensive guard that's going to eventually take over for uh, Roger Saffold when he leaves after his one-year deal is up. Um, if it's a swing tackle, that would probably be my preference if there's one available. Um, a guy that could come in and be Spencer Brown from a year ago, a guy that can play backup right tackle, that can play backup left tackle. And so you have you know three really young tackles, but then you let kind of the talent gets sorted out there who's going to be here long term who's not going to be here long term they get to work with Aaron Cromer to work on that and so after the first two days of the NFL draft you filled all of your biggest holes both for this year and moving forward and I think that's so important when you're talking about depth on a roster like the Bills is that they're going with the big contracts they have they're going to have to use young players as that depth option and so in those first three rounds, getting a cornerback, a swing tackle, and either the wide receiver or tight end, depending on what Ken Dorsey wants to do on offense, you're going to have that super high-quality depth, but also it's going to be cost-controlled um, over the next few years, and they could be solid contributors. So I just think there's so much sense about those three positions. Thanks for your question on our text line at 716-508-0405. Before we get going here, I wanted to direct your attention over to buffalorumblings.com. Other than the stadium news, which we talked about last week, the biggest question on folks' minds right now is what's going to happen with Stefan Diggs? Is he going to get a massive contract extension this offseason? Over the weekend, I spent a few hours putting together a potential contract for Stefan Diggs based on uh, Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams' new deals. The contract projection I put out is 100% assured to be wrong and incorrect, but it's a starting point for a conversation on how the Bills could make it work, um, how the Bills could keep Stefan Diggs happy with cash, but also how they can fit him under the cap and actually lower his cap hit in 2022 and 2023 so they can keep reloading over the next three seasons before they move on from, say, Von Miller um, and before Josh Allen's uh, cap hits really become problematic for the Buffalo Bills salary cap. So the next three years is there. I mean, let's be honest. They have a, a Super Bowl window as long as Josh Allen's our quarterback. But those next three years are going to be the, just the prime window. And having Stefan Diggs here and happy over those three years is a huge deal. So looking at that contract that I wrote for Stefan Diggs, it keeps his cap hits manageable for those first three years so they can add pieces around Josh Allen, around Stefan Diggs, around Von Miller, around um, Matt Milano, and the other Tredavious White, the other guys that are signed to multi-year deals, um, Deion Dawkins, so that they can really load up for you know, several Super Bowl runs over the course of the next few years. So make sure you go check that out. I spent a lot of time on it, um, but it's just a starting point for that conversation. 
Thanks for sending in your questions for this week's episode. You can send in your questions for next week's episode at our text line or voicemail line, 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at rumblingsq&a. Facebook and Instagram messages will eventually make their way to me at the official Buffalo Rumblings accounts. You can also email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. If you like our podcast, uh, leave us a review. Uh, It helps other people find us, and you can always share uh, directly with a friend and give them a nice recommendation for our podcast network over here at buffalorumblings.com. Thanks for listening today, and go Bills.